Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quilla. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome back. We're so glad that we're just well into summer now. Oh I mean, the goodness. unofficial start of summer came and went. <laughs> well, as you pointed out, it's summer starting in May 1st at the historical site. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which still makes me, I, I look at it every time I walk in the door. And I love so that I'm that like, makes you laugh. Summer, <laughs> summer hours. Oh, and, and it's like gray and cloudy. A lot of things the historical site is just completely wacko. Yep. Because we call it winter hours and summer hours. Yep. <laughs> well, you're telling people what to think about, and that's what I think about when I walk in those doors. <laughs> Food exhibits going well. You had your grand opening. We did have our opening, and uh, we didn't. We were tempted. I was going to serve like all kinds of food from in the exhibit, but it would have been like oh. a lot of oysters and a lot of Jello, oh. <laughs> and sometimes oysters in Jello. So we decided we'd just do like wine and beverages. But it was nice, and people are enjoying it. It's very family friendly. It's a little overwhelming to the senses. There's lots of hands-on. Lots of hands-on. Which kids like and adults like, of course. I liked it when I walked up the stairs. The entire wall outside the exhibit is covered in photos. So it's yes. very, it, like it draws you in. And so you start looking and then you peek in and there's so much color. I mean, it's just very vibrant. It, it's colorful. That's it true. It is. And yeah. it's those photographs are, are all people you would recognize, perhaps, because mm-hmm. right. it's the circle of food locally. Right. Up to now, right? Like yes. that, how we got to where we are now. Like how food, how, it'd be like sometimes, you know, like the Where's George that people stamp on dollar bills and they want to <laughs> see where the dollar bill goes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that with local food. I like that. So it's kind of fun. But the whole exhibit is Food for Thought, Feeding the Pacific Northwest and the World. Great title by your curator, Dr. Chelsea Vaughn. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. She, she talked about this um, just a couple weeks ago. So you can listen to one of our podcasts and, and learn all about the history and how we came to this exhibit. That's right. That's right. And it's at the Heritage Museum, which is open every day from 10 until 5 since we're in our summer hours. Summer hours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Carly had her big birthday party. She did. She turned eight. It's kind of unbelievable. And did she think that the whole Memorial Day weekend was for her? She did. Because, <laughs> of course, we kicked it off with, we took her to the Little Mermaid. I loved it, by the way. Even better than the, the first action. one. The live action okay. one. Very well done. Music is amazing. All the favorites mm-hmm. from the first movie and then some new fun ones. So oh. it's like the best of both worlds. All right, then. Yeah, there's my my plug. Two thumbs up. I liked the <laughs> two movie. Thumbs up. Shouldn't it be like two flippers up or something? Right. Yeah, it was cute. It was really, really well done. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And let's see. Uh, Memorial Day was packed. Oh, my goodness. Clatsop County was just overflowing with people. I don't think we yeah. could have gotten anybody more into the county. Oh, good. It so all the museums just like packed. Oh, good. And the weather was like, great. Like sardines <laughs> that you <laughs> might good. find an exemplar story of in our Food for Thought exhibit. <laughs> you crack yourself up. <laughs> I do. And I, I realize that we both failed in our new segments. Oh, Unless I know. You brought a word. I did I not bring. I did not bring any history humor today. Oh, you try to though, always. <laughs> but it was going to be a segment. But I'm. I'm. What is it? Fluggling? Fleagling? I've I'm, forgotten. Yeah, it's something like it that. It's a good word though. It was a good one. <laughs> so, all right. Um, what? Well, it's we're right in the middle of Goonies. Yep. The the uh, the event formerly known as Goonies. <laughs> the event formerly. Yes. Goonies Day is just a few days away. June seventh. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
by mayoral proclamation, June 7th is a holiday here in Astoria. Not all of Clatsop County. The rest of the county should embrace this. Oh, that's a good idea. Because it's not just an Astoria thing. No. They all want to go down to Cannon Beach and see Haystack Rock and Ecola State Park. So I wonder how disappointed people are that they're not right next to one another. Well, they're just a bike ride away. Right. I mean, and it's not close. See, I mean, it's and, not far by any means, but it's not close. I mean, yeah. it's not a, oh, just pop on down the road. You know, I think most people do enough research that they know that, but I do still get some folks that are like, well, where the, where's that big rock out in the right. river? I don't see it. No, I, when like I worked at the, the, the chamber, I, re, I remember that they were thinking it was just straight out the, in Warrington, right at the beach yeah. there. And it's like, <laughs> nope, nope. It's a little ways away. Well, it's also like Free Willy, the uh, East End mooring base and mm-hmm. Fool's people right. because they see the rocks and they're like, oh, that must be where Free Willy was. Yep. And we have to say no, Hammond. Yes. <laughs> and of course, the trolley the trolley conductors love that too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Oh, you guys sponsor, not only does Providence Seaside uh, sponsor the wonderful new temporary exhibit at the Heritage Museum, but you also sponsor other food things. We do. The Seaside Farmer's Market, which is running now. So uh, Wednesdays, 2 to 6, and it's at the old Broadway Middle School, the new Sunset Empire um, recreation center parking lot. Ooh. So we're the sponsor of the event. There's live music, great local food, um, vendors. <coughs> so uh, check it out. Actually, and you can get a nice refreshing <laughs> beverage in case you have a cough while you're there. Yeah. That's wonderful. Have you been to the uh, the Astoria Sunday Market yet? I did not. I, I I've haven't been yet. Every weekend, we've had something going on. No, and but I have had quite a few friends that have gone, and they say it's busy, but not. You know, it's just great. It's okay. really enjoyable. Okay. So. Yeah, historical side. I mean, we've been talking about it, but we had we had old fashioned fun <laughs> and games. And then the next weekend was Mother's Day, tea and scones. And then the next weekend was the Lupulin Ecstasy Festival right. from Fort George Brewery. Fort George. And then the next weekend was Memorial Day weekend. And now this weekend, we just had part of the Goonies weekend. So your staff is exhausted, is what you're saying? <laughs> Most of them. I'm exhausted. It's just six weekends, five, five weekends in a row. It's absolutely nutty, nutty, nutty. So let's get right to it. Um, these are the big things happening tomorrow, uh, June 5th, uh, for your history highlights, things to talk about with your friends, um, things to, to icebreakers. Yes. And is that before I cough all over Mac? We are still separated. We're almost six <laughs> feet away, so don't worry about him. I was trying to cover it up so nobody could tell you were coughing. I know. It's like hacking away. <laughs> Allergies are fun, right? Right, everyone? Uh, is it allergies? Allergy season. Oh. Yeah. So, so you're allergic to things? I am. Grass. That's terrible. Yeah. Wow. It happens. Wow. It's okay. All right. So uh, we don't have to call any uh, medical services. No. Nope. Alana's okay. okay. Yes. Uh, June 5th, though. 1876. Oh. Bananas become popular in the U.S. at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia. Interesting. I was almost going to make that my history highlight. Bananas. (laughs) And I want... Wonder why then? Oh, like what was what was people it? saw it, so they started talking. Then all the newspapers start writing about this cool thing called bananas. And yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, it makes me laugh. Uh, Eighteen eighty-four. <laughs> bananas for it. I, they did go bananas for it. Eighteen eighty-four. William Sherman refuses the Republican presidential nomination, saying, mm. "I will not accept if nominated, and will not serve if elected." Oh, I love that line. <laughs> Is that allowed? I guess it is. <laughs> you can go and elect me, but I'm not going to take the office. <laughs> if you nominate me, I'm not going to run. Yeah. I like Sherman. Although some people have an issue with him because he, he did uh, advocate during the Civil War the total warfare. That oh. you can't just fight the soldiers. You need to fight all the people. Oh, wow. 
and that's the only way we were going to win the Civil War in his mind. Sure. You can't just, you have to scorch Earth. Scorch Earth. Oh. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. collateral damage, I think. Yeah. That a yeah. lot. I mean, he wasn't killing civilians. Okay. But he was eliminating, like, burn their farms or take all right. their food so that they can't feed the army. Right. Awful. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that impacts the private citizens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so some people had an issue with him. Uh, 1937, Henry Ford initiates a 32-hour work week. Ooh. Henry Ford, 1937. I like that one. Yeah. 1944, after receiving favorable weather reports, General Eisenhower decided to proceed with the D-Day invasion on June 6th, tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All about the weather. Yeah. And if they, they, they yeah. had been really worried and if the weather wasn't going to cooperate, then they had to put it off like another two months. Oh, really? And you've got that all these people, and all these, I mean, there's thousands of, right? of ships and thousands of, 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 of tanks and planes. It's not just a day. And, yeah. Huh. Uh, 1947, U.S. Secretary of State George Marshall outlines the Marshall Plan to rebuild Western Europe. Yeah. That was almost my, my top it's one a big as one. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1967, the Six-Day War begins between Israel and the uh, neighboring states of Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. And it, thank You'll goodness like, it only lasted six days. Six days, or else it'd be called something else. Yeah. Uh, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy is fatally shot. Yeah. And he had just visited here. I right. can't remember when, but it, well, was, wonder- it was pretty, like, two months before or a month before was or three it? weeks before yeah, or something was, like that. It was yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty recent. Uh, 1981, the first scientific report on AIDS is published. Oh, It's a real problem. We got to deal with it. 1981. 1981. Now, that doesn't mean the government right. suddenly realized, but right. at least the scientific community realized. Yep. 2004, former President Ronald Reagan dies. Mm-hmm. Go win one for the Gipper. <laughs> but our history highlight of the day, the thing I think had the most impact on history, 19, or 18, rather, 1851. 1851, anti-slavery novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin, by Harriet Beecher Stowe, is first published in serial form in the national era. Oh, good. That is a good one. Kind of opens a lot of people's eyes. Right. And another genre of um, fiction based on true events, too. Um, Yeah. yeah. And did you have to read it in school? Because I did when I was a kid. You know, and I'll admit now, I have not read it. Oh, interesting. I know. So I should add it to my list, of course. It's disturbing. And, right. And, you know, I know the premise. And then lots of, like I was saying, lots of novels came from that too, right? It did open up a genre um, to allow for that sort of discussion and mm-hmm. fiction. But that is interesting. So you did have to read it. And was that high yeah. school or college? Um, I want to say it was high school. Okay. Uh, yeah. I had a really good middle school social studies teacher that made us read a lot of things in retrospect now when I look back. But I, I think that one was a high school one I had to read yeah. it in. Yeah, I, I mean, I love those conversations that come from reading things like that that make you uncomfortable, that are eye-opening. You know, I liked our episode that we did last week, if you missed it, on book bands, mm-hmm. of course. And, <laughs> you know, you and I had lots of opinions about that. But everyone does. And that's yes. what's neat about it is that you get to hear the opinion about whether somebody does or doesn't understand or like it mm-hmm. or feel comfortable. So years and years and years and years and years and years ago, she's not listening, so <laughs> she won't feel really old. But my mother um, spent a lot of time as a librarian and she was in Dover, Delaware, where there is a, a fairly large Amish population that comes into um, different uh, um, like farmers markets. And she remembers when she was like 20 or 22 distributing some books as a a lending library. 
And this uh, Amish woman came back to her and gave her a book that her kid had just chosen about space mm. and said, I'm sorry, I can't let my child read this. And my mother said, you know, why? It's a, it's a wonderful ch- children's book about space exploration. We don't believe in that. Mm. Yeah. And my mother's gobsmacked. Said, you know, Look up, there's a moon. How can you right. deny there's a moon? And then there's other planets. And yeah. <laughs> so, and it was like a kid's book. So it wasn't like saying there's life on other planets right. or anything like that. So. Yeah, the lack and restriction of information has serious consequences. Yeah, but that was a memory burn for me that yeah. we don't believe in space. Oh, <laughs> yes, heartbreaking. All right, so something we do believe in. Yes, Goonies. Is Goonies. We do. <laughs> so we've we've had a whole show on uh, Goonies fun facts, mm-hmm. and we might revisit those. And we did a whole show when Richard Donner, the director, passed yeah. away about Richard Donner. And you know, a lot of people always think, oh, Steven Spielberg directed the movie he did not right but he did direct our our favorite scene <laughs> that, that at least we have to have it is our favorite scene the jail breakout at the beginning of the movie okay because that's where the oregon film museum is <laughs> right. richard donner was somewhere else so it was the b oh. you know the b crew and steven spielberg was the one that directed that oh, i didn't know that yeah oh how so fun. we've got him in all the behind the scenes pictures you right can see him like looking into the camera he's and he's very on involved the and that's one of my favorite stories. When we opened the uh, film museum, we asked for people's behind-the-scenes stories about any of the movies made in Clatsop County or all of Oregon. And I had somebody that worked in the courthouse when The Goonies was being filmed, and she had the best write-up. It was like a half-a-page email that she sent me. But she said we had to keep the blinds closed. They didn't want people peeking sure. and show up somehow in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And she says, my only memory of Steven Spielberg was that he was a scruffy haired kid <laughs> in a ball cap that kept coming into the lobby of the courthouse with a pocket full of quarters so he could use the payphone to check the weather. Oh. <laughs> How many things in that sentence just is hard to wrap your mind around with Steven right. Spielberg? Yes. Well, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Because no cell phones. Right. Quarters. He doesn't send somebody else a payphone. What's that? (laughs) And to check the weather. To check the weather. How interesting. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. How fun. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about Steven Spielberg today. Let's do it. Yeah. To celebrate Goonies Week. Goonies Day coming up. So Steven Spielberg was born on the 18th of December, 1946 in Cincinnati, Ohio. His parents, Leah and Arnold, raised him into an Orthodox Jewish background, and this was something that caused Spielberg some problems when he was a child. He said he would often suffer from anti-Semitism and bullying. Hmm. That's sad. His father was an electrical engineer and computer pioneer. His mother, a restaurateur and a concert pianist. Oh, how cool. Yeah, what, a, what an interesting mix. So we're just going to throw out <laughs> some fun things about Spielberg that you may or may not know. Uh, a surprising fact about him is that he struggled to read at a young age and said that he often felt as though he was an outsider during his time at school. Later in his life, Spielberg would discover that he had been suffering from dyslexia, hmm. and that was why he had such difficulties. Interesting. Since his diagnosis, Spielberg has openly spoken out about his difficulties as a child and has used his platform, he's got a pretty good one, yeah. to raise awareness of this issue and of bullying. That's interesting, especially as a director. You have to think so spatially. And you're putting words into it, you know, into that space. Yeah. Um, and yet he was able to do that so well. Yeah, that he could overcome that. Right. Yeah. 
So Steven Spielberg made his first homemade movie when he was 12. He showed a passion for making movies at a very young age, obviously. He made that first movie on an 8mm camera at 12 years old, and the movie was about a train crash and was filmed using Spielberg's own train set collection. He would continue to use 8mm cameras to make amateur movies throughout his teenage years and at high school. Most of these were in action-adventure genre, of course. he forced his family to be in them as well. Did he really? Oh, fun. Um, He's the most financially successful film director of all time. A well-known fact about him is that he is not only one of the most influential film directors, he is also the most successful at the box office. Spielberg's movies have brought in more than $10.5 billion at the box office, which is nearly double the amount made by the second most successful director. Uh, Spielberg's highest grossing movie is Jurassic Park which grossed more than $1 billion worldwide since its release in 1990. His most successful movie in North America is E.T., The Extraterrestrial, which grossed an impressive $435.1 million since its initial release in 1982. You know, those stats are always so hard because I'm on a couple of uh, email blogs, you know, email blasts that talk about how successful a movie is. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different measures right. that they also have to do it then in today's dollars, you know, versus 1981. And then the, the right. fact that they now have global versus domestic and streaming versus, I mean, there's like all these different qualifiers. It's really kind of hard to figure out. Right. I mean, obviously you can tell if a movie made money or not. But Jurassic Park, that one, I mean, that's, I, I know it was popular, of course. Um, I guess, yeah, it was. It had dinosaurs in it. It did, yeah. <laughs> but worldwide, highest grossing. Yeah. Interesting. So he's won uh, three Academy Awards. Uh, he's won uh, <laughs> for his work as a director, including the, and then he's also won the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award, which is awarded to an individual for their contribution to cinema. Now, don't you, wouldn't you have like assumed if you just asked on the street, people would say like, oh, he must have won a dozen Oscars or something right. like that. So here's here's some of the nominations. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1977. He was nominated for Best Director. Raiders of the Lost Ark, nominated in 1981, nominated for Best Director. Fun. Oh, I should have asked. Have you seen these? Uh, not Close Encounters. Really? I'm not a okay. scary. Yeah. E.T., The Extraterrestrial, 82, Oscar nominations for Best Picture and Best Director. Definitely loved it. The Color Purple, 1985, Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Yep, amazing movie. Schindler's List, which we'll talk about, 1993. He won Oscars for Best Director and Best Picture. Saving Private Ryan, 1998, Oscar nomination for Best Picture, and he won the Oscar for Best Director. Hmm. Munich. People don't remember that one. No, he was really into some war movies here. 2005, Oscar nomination for Best Picture and Best Director. Letters from Iwo Jima, 2006, Oscar nomination for Best Picture. War Horse, 2011, Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Lincoln, 2012, Oscar nominations for Best Picture and Best Director. That really was it. That portrayal of Lincoln is amazing. Okay, I haven't seen that one. It's powerful. Uh, Bridge of Spies, 2015, Oscar nomination for Best Picture. The Post... You should know that one. It's about the Washington Post newspaper okay. and uh, releasing the the um, Pentagon the Pentagon Papers. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Post, 2018, nominated for Best Picture. Ready Player One, sci-fi movie, 2019, nominated Best Director, won Best Science Fiction Film. West Side Story in 2022, nominated for Best Director and Best uh, Action Adventure Film. 
And then kind of his uh, autobiography, pseudo-autobiography, The Fablemans, hmm. 2023. I haven't seen that one. Nominated hmm. for Best Picture and Best Director. Just out. So lots of nominations. Right. But he doesn't win that often. Interesting. And so it was Schindler's List, right? Was the, it was one of them, Was yeah. the win, or yeah. no? Yep. Yes. That's He won those two. And what was the third one? He won the third one. Um, oh, yeah. For oh, sorry, Schindler's List. I'm not seeing the third, the third one. Somewhere. Somewhere. All right. We'll find that, folks. In total, his movies have amassed a whopping 131 times and have picked up 34 different awards during the years. Steven Spielberg's first feature-length movie was released in 1971. An important fact about him is that this first feature-length movie, Duel, was made for television. The television movie received a lot of praise from critics and is widely considered to be one of the greatest television movies ever made. Spielberg's first theatrical release, The Sugarland Express, would come three years later in 1974. The film received positive reviews from critics, but also made a very modest $12.8 million at the box office off the back of a $3 million budget. See, that's not a bad return. Right. It's a good return on the investment. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg would uh, really find success years later when Jaws hit the big screen in 1975. Jaws is considered to be the first summer blockbuster film grossing $60 million within the first month of its release. Because, I mean, don't we all just want to see a movie about a shark killing people when we're about to go to the beach? Yeah, that's why people didn't go to the beaches that year. Yeah, terrible. (laughs) And the book book is actually even better. Ooh. The book is good. Yeah, the movie's terrifying. Yeah, so he formed uh, DreamWorks Studios in 1994 alongside Jeffrey Katzenberg and David Geffen. Uh, Spielberg founded the studio, like I said, in 94. He produced a number of films through the studios over the years, including the likes of AI, Artificial Intelligence, and Minority Report. Hmm. The studio would achieve a lot of success with Spielberg at the helm, especially at the Academy Awards, where they won three consecutive Best Pictures in a row for American Beauty, A Beautiful Mind, and Gladiator. The company was sold to Paramount in 2005, but Spielberg still has uh, worked closely with the studio and helped produce movies since then. He obviously has a good eye for scripts, right? Um, Steven Spielberg was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015. The Presidential Medal of of Freedom is the highest honor that can be given to a U.S. citizen. The award is given to those who have made an especially especially meritorious contribution to the security or national interests of the United States, world peace, cultural, or other significant public or private endeavors. An interesting fact about Steven Spielberg is that he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015 by the president at the time, Barack Obama, for his contributions to cinema and U.S. culture. Steven Spielberg has also made contributions to the world of video gaming. He may be known most for his work on movies, but he's also made several contributions in gaming, which is a very interesting fact about Steven Spielberg. He himself is an enthusiastic gamer and has lent his voice to many games over the years, most notably Skull Monkeys, Dilbert's Desktop Games, Goosebumps, Attack of the Mutants, and Clive Barker's Undying. He's also credited with being the creator of the popular first-person shooter series, Medal of Honor. Now, I'm not a video gaming guy. No. My my kids are, but (laughs) I am kind of surprised by that. Yes. I don't know why. Again, it goes with that sort of action-adventure spirit, right? So he's got seven children. He's been married twice and currently has seven children. His first marriage was to actress Amy Irving, and they had a son, Max Samuel Spielberg. He got divorced from Irving in 1989 in what was one of the most expensive divorces Mm -hmm. in celebrity history. Uh, And he actually tried to uh, say he had a prenup, and he... He, it was never looked at by a lawyer, but he, he 
put a cocktail napkin that oh. had their signatures on it, and the judge said, no, not good enough. Interesting. Yeah, I think he had to give $100 million or something like that. Um, so he married Kate Capshaw in 1991 that had been in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of oh, Doom. Oh, right. Uh, the two of seven children together, five children, two stepchildren. Their last child, Destry Allen Spielberg, was born in 1996. He's also the godfather of two A-list Hollywood actresses, Drew Barrymore, and yes. I knew that one, yep. Gwyneth Paltrow. Didn't know that. When uh, his goddaughter, Drew Barrymore, posed for Playboy magazine, Steven Spielberg sent her a package containing a quilt along with a <laughs> note telling her she needed to cover up. Oh. <laughs> Uh, he hates coffee. Spielberg has managed to make it to the top of the directorial pack without imbibing a single cup of coffee. In a quote taken from IMDb, Spielberg states, I don't drink coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee in my entire life. That's something you probably don't know about me. I've hated the taste since I was a kid. Wow. So he's obviously tasted it, though. Yes. He's never had a cup. He must have had a sip. <laughs> a sip. <laughs> yeah. So what is he drinking while he's working? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, who do you think has acted in the most Steven Spielberg movies? I would not have guessed this. I would not either. His cocker spaniel, Elmer, appeared in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Sugarland Express, 1941, and Jaws. He was never paid for his work on Schindler's List. Steven, <laughs> the dog or Steven Spielberg? I, right. Yeah, yeah. Spielberg. Steven <laughs> felt very... Oh, this is Steven Spielberg, yes. right? Yes. yes. Steven was very, felt very strongly that any money he accepted would be classed as blood money due to the Holocaust. Yeah, and he was actually really depressed during the filming. Sure. And um, Robin Williams got wind of that, and they used to call each other, and Robin would just like riff and tell jokes to cheer yeah. him up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that whole movie, right? I mean, yeah. it just stays with you. But I love that he, he never took any money. He's yeah. like, nope, I didn't this know is that. a story I needed to tell that needs to be told. And uh, he formed a uh, foundation for all the income to go to oh, that he would have gotten. Amazing. Um, Spielberg purchased the original Rosebud sled from Orson Welles' masterpiece, Citizen Kane. Three Yankee Clipper sleds were made for the 1941 filming of Citizen Kane, two of which were burned during filming. Spielberg purchased the last surviving sled at a 1986 auction for $60,500. And you know he outbid somebody probably at $60,000. He went, right. another 500 bucks. Yeah, and, and did it. <laughs> and that was somebody's limit. Like, nope, I'm not going 61. After some of his films, such as Gremlins and Indiana Jones, came under fire for scenes considered to be too scary for children, Spielberg suggested to the Motion Pictures Association of America president, Jack Valenti, that there be a rating falling between PG and R. In an interview with Vanity Fair, Spielberg said, <clears throat> I suggested let's call it PG-13 or PG-14, depending how you want to design the slide rule. And Jack came back to me and said, we've determined that PG-13 would be the right age for that temperature of movie. I kind of agree. I think like Indiana <laughs> Jones and Gremlins was a little scary. And I don't know if it's 13 or 14, but definitely, you know, I wouldn't want an eight or a nine year old maybe watching right. Indiana Jones. I think something so. between PG and R that, I mean, definitely was yeah. missing. Right. So, I mean, um, it just lets you know a little warning. I, di I didn't know he was the one that created that. Though. Yeah. So probably, probably the most famous boy scout of all time. Spielberg had the drive and determination to climb to the highest level of the organization. Eagle scout. He was an Eagle scout. Interesting. However, in 2001, he resigned 
due to the group's long history of bigotry, in his mind. In a prepared statement given at his resignation, Spielberg said, It's a real shame. I thought the Boy Scouts stood for equal opportunity, and I have consistently spoken out publicly and privately against intolerance and discrimination based on ethnic, religious, racial, and sexual orientation. They created a filmmaking merit badge because he wanted one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh He, like, helped develop it and everything. (laughs) And then 2001, he's like, nope. Had oh, enough of you guys. Interesting. So believe it or not, he couldn't go to the University of Southern California because he didn't have good enough grades. He did attain, uh, attend Cal State University, but never finished because he got a job as a director. In 2002, he decided to go back and finish his degree at California State, submitting Schindler's List as part of his coursework. <laughs> the university made several allowances, so he was allowed to do this. And in the end, he did receive his degree because of it. How do you want to be the professors grading this uh, project of his, Schindler's right? list. It's probably also attached to a pretty good donation. Yeah. And I right. love the notion of him sitting in a class. I mean, I'm sure he did right. not, but I love with all these other film students and you know, here's this little cheap film I made for 500 bucks with my friends and oh, I'm going to submit Schindler's List. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he deserves some credit. I, I think that's fair. So yeah, this, this is a good kickoff to Goonies Day. Goonies Day, June 7th. So yeah. if you haven't, uh, stop by the Film Museum, get your Oregonian booklet and lots of great things. 38th anniversary, 38 things you can do, suggestions to do while you're uh, celebrating the Goonies. We'll do it. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.